And welcome to another episode of We Live on a Planet. I have a really interesting guest today by the name of Peter McHugh, a fellow podcaster and a friend. I'd like to consider a friend now because we've been coercing, is that the word? I don't know if that's the word, for quite a while now here on Anchor. And uh, Peter, welcome. Thank you for having me, good sir. It's an honor to be here. And I love your podcast. That's why I talked to you about coming out, man. Um, I love your variety show flair. I love the way you share trivia with us. And you, you have a very special spin on your podcast that I've appreciated for a long time. Uh, there's a reason I listen to We Live on a Planet almost every day. There's a new podcast. Oh, what am I saying? Almost every day. Every day there's a new episode. I'm on it, and I'm always checking it out, man. Wow. I appreciate what you do. Wow, thank you. That means a lot to me. You know, it's listeners just like you that keeps me going, Peter, because I know that there's been uh, quite a few times that you've called into the show and shared stories with us throughout the years that We Live on a Planet's been going, and I can't thank you enough. Like I said, that's one of the reasons that will keep me going, because you you have an interesting take on life and an interesting flair on things, and I know that you're a wrestling fan and a football fan and a sports fan and a fan of I think a lot of things. I, I get a lot of positive vibes off you, and I appreciate that, too, for somebody. You want to talk a little bit about the name of your podcast? Basically, I named the podcast after myself because I've always wanted to have a show. But really, what I do as a podcaster, and my main goal as a podcaster, big picture-wise, is to motivate and encourage. I have a very uh, unique lens. On life, I live with a physical disability on a daily basis called cerebral palsy, and my main hope and dream, or connection for my connecting point for my own podcast, is to motivate people with disabilities and encourage mainly people in general and educate people about what it means to like to live with a disability on a daily basis. So, uh, I like to consider myself to be somewhat of a, a motivator and an encourager and a purveyor of positivity. So that's what I do with my very own podcast um, on a daily basis. I also, like you were saying a little bit earlier, I have a tendency to appreciate pop culture and um, trivia, much like yourself. I think that's one of the reasons we connected. I think one of the first things we connected on was our mutual love for Superman, was it not? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I'm a fan of Superman. I'm I'm more of a Marvel guy now in my older age. I appreciated both Marvel and DC growing up, but DC my first love and I saw um Superman with Christopher Reeve first run in the movie theater as a young boy and I think I was only if memory serves probably about 9. I think I I think Superman came out in 79 if memory serves. Yeah, when I saw it was obviously quite a few years later when I was six years old, but that was like uh, one of the first movies that I can remember, like really, I mean, I watch movies run up with my family all the time, but like Superman with Christopher Reeve, the first one was one of the first movies I just watched. It was just my dad and I, and that was one of the first movies that the two of us got, just bonded over together as, you know, father and son. So that holds a very special place in my heart, not just because of Christopher Reeve, but because of what it holds for my dad and I. So Yeah, Christopher Reeve, what a warrior he became for people um, suffering from disabilities or spinal cord injuries. My mother suffered a spinal cord injury and um, broke her neck, 
broke five, six, and seven, was put in, uh, didn't sever her cord, but she was considered a quadriplegic and couldn't move and was put into a wheelchair and sent to um, a place called Craig Medical Center in Colorado. It was one of the top spinal rehabilitation centers in the, in the country at the time, might be still. And uh, she went through extensive physical therapy and um, slowly and slowly started to gain um, movement back. And now she's a miracle story because she can walk and uh, she, she was confined into a wheelchair. And so somebody like yourself that's in a wheelchair, you know, some people have a problem talking to somebody that's in a wheelchair. It opened my eyes and I don't have a problem talking to somebody in a wheelchair because somebody in a wheelchair is a person. It doesn't mean they're any different, you know, and I think there's a stigma that uh, lies beyond, you know, that. And I think that what you try to do, too, is educate people. And I think education is the key to a lot of things, you know. It is, it is, and the thing of it is, what a lot of people don't realize about me, uh, who, um, that I talk to, I, I'm, I'm not limited to the wheelchair. I'm very, I'm very fortunate in the fact that uh, because of my parents that I grew up, grew up with who are very, like, positive and very encouraging and motivating, and they, they push me, I, I, I'm also on crutches, I'm, uh, I, wear, I wear leg braces, and like we were, we were talking before we decided to do this, I do know people who have much, I don't want to call it worse. Ooh, I'm losing you a little bit, Pete. I'm losing you a little bit. Are you, are you on a speakerphone? Actually, I, I am not on a speakerphone. Oh, okay. I thought I'd keep myself off for this very reason because I had a feeling if I stayed on speakerphone, that yeah i just lost you a little bit i'm sorry i i lost you i just we're getting a little maybe it's just a wi-fi connection sorry i didn't want to interrupt but i didn't want to lose you either okay what i what i was getting at was i'm very fortunate in the sense that i i live with a disability where um as long as i stay on top of keeping myself fit and making sure I stay on the exercise regimen and things like that that I do and listen to therapists that I have. I Actually, I don't work with physical therapists so much anymore because of insurance reasons and the fact that insurance doesn't cover it in my life anymore. But I have a daily regimen that I do that's been recommended by a therapist that I stay on top of and a stretching program. But what I was going to say is the people in my life that I've been around haven't been so fortunate in that um, – they, the thing about MD that's unfortunate is once you get it, you start deteriorating and there's nothing that you can do about it. And I'm not trying to toot my horn too badly here, but I'm very fortunate in the sense that um, I can control in my life how it affects me and I can improve upon my actual condition because I stay on top of staying physically fit. And not everybody in the world has that luxury with a disability. Right. And so I say that to say, um, and that's why I motivate and encourage. And um, I've seen other people on the end of it that don't have that control. Yeah. And don't have that choice. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. And like what you said with insurance, I mean, that right there alone is a big barrier. And uh, once you age out, um, I know that um, people possibly that like my brother 
and sister, sister-in-law, their son is my nephew. He's autistic. And um, once he aged out all those um, things that were allowed and they were giving in, uh, like you said, like with physical therapy, those things are taken away. And uh, just because he turned a certain age didn't mean his autism went away, you know. So, yeah, it's it's always a battle. It always comes down to that almighty dollar a lot of times, unfortunately. And I think what, what tends to happen, and I'm not sure how it's I'm not sure how it is where you are, but I think what tends to happen is everybody ages out at different ages. Right. So in yep. my area, I think I think it's like 20, 26 maybe. Mm. I'm not sure. No doubt, no doubt. How do you think we're going to we'll play a little mental gymnastics. That's what I tell, you know, you follow the show. And we're going to jump around a yeah, little bit. <laughs> uh, what do you think? This is a topic that I I kind of think is on the forefront right now of what's going on with the coronavirus and everything. And besides the coronavirus, though, what are some challenges you think the next generation will face? Challenges the next generation will face? Yeah. Um And it can be about the coronavirus because I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of things that are going to be changing. Yeah, and the thing of it is, and I and I talk about this with my dad all the time because my dad, uh, English, he, well, he's a retired English teacher. He taught in media uh, uh, as well. Um, I think it's happened quite a bit. One of the challenges that we're going to, like future generations are going to face, and this is sad to say, um, so I'm going to try to get off it. When, when, but, like, I think we're losing the ability to – communicate yeah oh no i what agree I mean by that is uh, what i mean by that is because we've shorthanded so much with texting and we don't i'm i'm one of the people when i text somebody i actually write or i'll actually use the english language and use words me too i'm old school though <laughs> pete i'm 50 so <laughs> i think we're i think we're Losing the ability to, to communicate with the full English language. Yeah. That is the sound. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that you're right. I, I well, take for example right now, be, uh, before we started this interview, I got a hold of you on Instagram, but I didn't text. I, I left a voice message because I just don't, I can't convey my feelings through text. And I'm not quick. I'm not a quick texter. I'm not a quick typer. And my spelling is atrocious. But my penmanship is exquisite. I have really nice penmanship. But, no, I'm old school. I think that you're right. I think that our communication, um, we need to work on that because it is it will be lacking. I think, though, that technology is both a gift and a curse. You know? I, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, it's it's both a gift and a curse because it's it's given us so much, but yet it also takes so much away all right so if you could have this is a classic question everybody's heard this question and it's really that cookie cutter question but i, I was curious of what you wanted to who, who it would be if you could have lunch with one person alive or dead who would it be you know that question oh that would be easy for me man i could answer, i'm going to answer that one really quick okay uh, a man by the name a man by the name of rob bell i've heard you talk about rob bell before on your podcast He's a, um, I guess he would be considered a spiritual guru now. 
He used to be a pastor, but he has stepped away from the church, not out of anger, not out of you know any bitter feelings or anything like that, but because he wanted to take his message of positivity and grace and everything else to the wider world and get outside just of the ex- of exclu- exclusively the church. He wanted to reach other places. And I have talked about this with you before, and I know this is going to be kind of hard for some people to comprehend because they have issues with pastors or clergy, or but he is seriously one of the most non-judgmental people, and I know you're I know you're big on non-judgment, as I am too. Right. He's seriously one of the most non-judgmental souls I've ever come across. Groovy, groovy. Have you have you seen him speak in person? I would love to do so, um, and I I would have had the opportunity to do it a couple of years ago, but what held me back, and again, this is another thing we talked about, was. I wasn't sure of the accessibility or the handicap accessibility of the area where it was, because generally they have to, you have to be made aware of that legally, but because, um, you know, it's against the law if you're denied or you, um, if you can't find a way in. But I wasn't sure of how accessible the place was going to be, plus the tickets. If I'd have gone with my mother, and she would have been more than happy to go with me, but it would have been like over $400 for the two of us to go. And if I'd have known more about the venue and if I'd have known that it would be a situation where, okay, I could get in and I could be safe, then maybe I would have gone. But there were too many variables as far as not knowing, okay, can I get in there or not? Right, right. Any type of gathering like that when people get together and they're all on the same page is something very powerful because – I have been when I was when I went to rehab uh, almost five years ago. I can't believe that it's I'm coming up on five years of sobriety. But when I went to rehab, now you're cooped up in a house with like twelve other guys, thirteen other guys, strangers from all. Well, you get to know them after a while, but all walks of life. You're missing your family. You want to do something. You're you're kind of just going stir crazy, more stir crazy than right now with the coronavirus. And I had an opportunity, my house manager said, hey, we're going to be going to uh, Saddleback Church. And there's a pastor that, Pastor Rick, and I can't even think of what his last name is. And he wrote this book, A Purpose Driven, A Purpose Driven, A Purposeful Driven Life or something. And it would turn, yeah, thank you. It got turned into a movie as well. And he's like, hey, you want to go, go to this church? And it's a, one of those mega church in Saddleback. I said, yeah, get me out of the house. I want to go. And. I could not believe we went to where the campus was. You should have seen this place, Peter. It was it was sprawling like you'd never seen. But everybody there was just in the greatest move, mood, good vibes, and uh, it was an experience. I, you know, I'm not big on that stuff. It's just, it's not, you know, I, it's not for me. But when I was there, it was for me right at that moment. That's for sure because you get caught up in that human. You can feel the energy in the room. And if you can't, there's something wrong with you. You know what I mean? That you're not really living on this earth. Because it was pretty, it was a powerful, powerful thing. Yeah. One of the things that has always, um, one of the things that has recently come to my attention and come to my 
because I, I do a lot of spiritual practice as far as yoga as well. I used to think that we were a human being living a spiritual experience, but I've come to realize, at least in my my personal walk, that we are spiritual beings living out a human experience. Yeah, there you go. I like that. My wife loves yoga. My wife, uh, she's doing yoga challenges all the time on Instagram and stuff, and she her dream would to be a be a yoga teacher. What would be your dream meal, like your favorite meal? Like if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? See, we're jumping around, Peter. Are you, Yeah, you know how we jump around here. For the rest of your life, if you could only have one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? One food? That's hard, man. I know. I like Isn't it? Food. Me too. No, There's no right uh, or wrong answer. It's basically what's your favorite food. Do you know, are you familiar with chicken scallopini? Yeah. I love chicken scallopini. That stuff's killer. My, Once again, my wife loves that. I live in a, a city of only like seventeen to 18,000, and it's uh, like a lot of Irish and a lot of Italian. And there's two Italian restaurants here that are from the 1940s, and they have some killer chicken scallopini. If it were a meal for the rest of my life, it would have to, I don't know how long I'd live because that's like one of the most unhealthy meals you eat every day. <laughs> you like your chicken scallopini? That would, that would be it. Right? Yeah, chicken that scallopini. stuff, it is good. It is good. We talked a little bit about movies a little while ago. We're playing ping pong, like I said, bouncing all over. Do you think that, would you say that Superman was... One of your is that your favorite movie because you with your memory with your dad or do you have a favorite all time like where you could you know how when somebody says hey if you're stuck on a desert island and you can only pick five movies what would your five movies be do you have like a top movie or any a top couple that you could think of that you would say I can watch that over and over again? Well, other than Superman, Superman's got to be up there. But other than Superman, my all time favorite movie would probably be Forrest Gump. Yeah, that's a good one. My oldest daughter really likes Forrest Gump a lot. Tom Hanks, or Tom, yeah, Tom Hanks kills it in that movie. He is so believable. And uh, Sally Fields, I grew up remembering Sally Fields as the hot, the hot girl in Smokey and the Bandit car. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah i loved that and you know it's funny i talked the other day not too long ago how pontiac was phased out in like 2007 but uh i think it was 2007 and there's there's cries for that to come back and possibly the trans am to come back and get the old Smokey and the bandit did you like now you're a little bit young well you're you're a lot younger than i am but do you remember would you would you be more of a fan of Smokey and the Bandit or of uh, Dukes of Hazard? I would probably be more of a fan of, uh, in that particular instance, because my cousin loved it so much, even though I am a little bit younger than even him, I would probably say I'm more of a fan of the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, I was a Duke boy too. I loved the Dukes of Hazard, and I can remember watching that and my dad being like, that car would never survive that charge. And I'd be like, Dad. my mom would be like, stop it. Let him just watch it. And he'd be like, that car would never survive. Or it's <laughs> the sound effects. He'd be the general Lee would be taken off and you'd hear asphalt peeling, but they'd be on dirt road. So it'd be making a squirt, a squeeching sound, but he'd be like, they're on a dirt road. It wouldn't be squealing like that. <laughs> my mom's like, 
Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> uh, we were talking about pro wrestling, pro wrestling for a minute earlier. That sounds a lot like my friend. You know that's fake, right? <laughs> my my I have you know I saw WrestleMania 6. I went to Toronto and saw WrestleMania 6. That was Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior. And the Ultimate Warrior won and beat Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that live, buddy. I was in Toronto at Canada. It was it was amazing. We almost got kicked out of the hotel room because we were wrestling. We were uh, pretending to wrestle in our room, and well, not pretending. We were wrestling, me and my buddies, throwing each other on the beds and doing all kinds of stuff. And oh my god, almost got us kicked out of the hotel. But that was that was quite a match. I grew up watching, you know, wrestling. Not a lot. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but I know it. You know, I. The, I but I'm old school, like the Iron Sheik and Coco Beware and. Uh, you know, Hacksaw, Jim Duggett, and all those names that are old guys that are long gone, and Andre the Giant, and yeah. The first WrestleMania I ever watched, I'm, I'm right there with you, man, because I wasn't around for, like, I mean, I was around, no, no, let me think back, because, like, the first WrestleMania was um, March 31st, 1985, and I wasn't born yet, so I wasn't mm. around for the first WrestleMania. Um but anyway, the first WrestleMania I ever watched on videotape was WrestleMania 4, and the main event of that one was Hogan and Andre, Andre the Giant. Yeah, yeah, remember um, Hogan Hogan slammed Andre. Yeah, That's Yeah, you know, and, and, and Andre, how big, uh, Hogan, yeah, he's big, but Andre the Giant was how much, and he was able to slam him. That was crazy. Yeah. My cousins, yeah. oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that WrestleMania recently happened this year, even with the coronavirus, because Vince McMahon is crazy and he still wants to make money during the, He ran it in an empty arena. Jeez. And just just because of the craziness of what happened this year, he put out a shirt, and I, I picked it up on www.com because it made – or w, yeah, www.shop.com because it made me laugh, and it says WrestleMania 36, and it had the dates, which would have been the 5th and 6th, April it was that weekend and on the front of the shirt it says I wasn't there uh, Vince he I'll tell you he's a mastermind of uh, promotion that's he knows how to promote things crazy yeah crazy yeah my cousin's son out in Colorado he's a he's an aspiring professional wrestler and he's a he's a young guy he's only a teenager but he's a big kid and he's he's really big and he's he's gotten really good he goes by the stage name reason and he spells it with a z i think and it's it's pretty cool I, you know i'm good for him that he's yeah. he's doing living his dream of something that he wants to do because it is a big theatrical dance you know you have to really rely on your partner because yes, there is going to be somebody is chosen who's going to win, and yes, there's there's, but it's a big opera, it's a big dance, you know. It's so it's timing and it's a performance, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's, and you can still get hurt. Of course, of course you can because you're 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 still putting your life at at the line. So when people say, I think that when. When people get mad when they when somebody says it's fake and a wrestling fan goes it's not fake is you know what they are thinking is is it's fake that 
who's going to win or who's not going to win, you know, because that's all decided. That's all decided first, you know, but the part about them getting hurt and stuff, that's not fake. And all those where they're jumping from, that's not fake. <laughs> What's your favorite band, your favorite band of all time? My favorite band of all time. That's another one. My uh, my all time favorite band would be the Beatles. Really, Beatles? Mm-hmm. That's one of my questions. Sometimes I ask people. I'll say, "Are you a Beatles guy or an Elvis guy?" Because usually, you know, there's there's usually like one a little bit more than the other. And I think I'm more Beatles than Elvis too. Elvis, he didn't write any of his own songs. He was just a performer. Whereas the Beatles, they wrote their music as well. And they they did a necessity because when they were do before they made it big and they were they were doing clubs in places like Hamburg, Germany. One of the reasons they had one of the reasons they wrote their own music is because they would come out and perform, and they would be on a uh, uh, on a card with another up and coming band. And by the time they got on the stage, they did that. Oh, they they did that song too. And by the time they got on stage everybody would have done they had to write out a necessity because everybody was doing the same they had to originate and make their set different and set themselves apart right so because everybody was doing the same songs back then and they were trying to you know stand out and be different and they did they did stand out and they took america by storm that's for sure did you realize totally off topic but since we're talking music that if it was not for Linda Ronstadt, the Eagles might not have been born because when she was touring and so big, she was needed a traveling band, and she hired uh, Don Henley and Glenn Fry, and mm-hmm. those guys are you know the Eagles. But they toured with her, and the rest was history. But they might not have might not have been a band had it not been for Linda Ronstadt. Crazy city. Like oh yeah, yeah. They're they're the Hell Freezes Over tour. When you listen to that in a good acoustics, it is like something you can't believe. For me, um, I there's I couldn't pick a favorite band. If I had to pick, I I'd probably say Pink Floyd. I think because I just they really inspired me at a young age. I remember hearing them at a young age, and and they're still my go-to when I kind of want to mellow that or reggae, cause I really enjoy reggae music like Bob Marley. And, but I like all music. There's not really that I don't enjoy. I'm like that. About with, the only music I was just going to say about the only music I don't get into is screaming metal. Yeah. And I, I don't get into that as much as when I did when I was younger and it wasn't really screaming. It was just hard, like Metallica and all those ones. And when they came out, cause I had, Everything that came out, I wanted to experiment because I was the eight track guy. You know, I had eight tracks and then cassettes and then albums. And so every time you're coming over to a friend's house, if they had it, you're checking it out anyways, regardless of what it was because it was new. And But I can remember in college, my roommate was the one who told me and turned me on to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I had never even heard of that band until I hit college. And that was mm-hmm. 1989, I think. Nine, oh, for me, 1989 for okay. me. And uh, my, my roommate was loving this band called the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I'm like, you're making that up. That's not even the name of a band. And he's like, yes, it is. And I'm like, I've never even heard of them. And then next thing you know, they 
they were everywhere. Yeah, you'll you'd have to correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't know if you can, but I think they I think they came on the scene in about '84. Oh yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, they 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 were be, and that's why I had my my roommate was like, "You, what do you mean you never heard of them?" And I'm like, "No, I wasn't listening to them." And then plus, where I grew up, um, out in the country, we didn't have MTV. And uh, we didn't, my dad, my dad just got cable not that long ago because they finally brought it through. That's how rural and of an area that I grew up in is country. We didn't have, have that. So my, I, I did watch MTV though in its infancy because my biological father who lived in Florida had MTV and I was able to, when we would go visit him, I was able to see it and at that time, there was only a handful of videos on, though, and they would just replay them over and over again. And it was music back then. It was not what MTV is now, that's for sure. Now, you know, you still get videos, but you get them, I think, and I haven't seen MTV in ages because I don't really, I'm a, I'm a cord cutter, and I, I can't say that I have cable so much anymore. I just use the Internet yeah. for streaming services and, what, and whatnot now. But I think... MTV still runs videos, but they tend to do it really, really early in the morning. Right. Usually, whenever I flip through, the only thing that's ever on is ridiculousness with that Rob Diedrich. <laughs> that's the only thing that's ever on. So, all right, let's do it. We'll do it. We'll we'll finish off this interview with our, we'll just zap through 10 quick either ors, all right? Okay. All righty. Burger or tacos? Tacos. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Beatles or Elvis? Beatles. <laughs> beach or woods? I'm going to say beach. Okay. Rare or well done? Even though I live in the woods. Oh, you live in the woods. Rare or well rare done? Rare well done? For me, it's got to be well done. Well done. Pepsi or Coke? Uh, I'm allergic to either, but I'm going to say Coke. All right. Batman or Superman? Superman. Call or text? Call. There you go. And then last one, pineapple on pizza? Me personally, no, but I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna knock people who like it. Yeah, I I, I can take it or leave it. I can do it, take it or leave it myself. Yeah. Well thank you, Peter. This was fun. I'm glad that you were able to be on the show with us and take some time. And just kind of share some thoughts and ideas with us. And uh, is there any place you would like to tell our audience where they could find you? Any social media place or anything like that that you'd like to share where people can get the goods on Peter? Basically, you can find me on Anchor. and just typing my name. That McHugh is M-C-H-U-G-H. And, you know, we come from the same... We have the same podcasting home. And basically, just like... Patrick says at many points, you can find us wherever podcasts can be found. Yeah. Groovy, Pete. Well, thank you. Stay on the line for, for when we're done with this interview so we can just, you and I can follow up. And uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you, brother. All right. Take care. Take care.